recuerdo entorbellido Vuelve en el otoño atardecer Miro la garúa y mientras miro Gira la cuchara de café Del último café que tus labios con frío pidieron esa vez con la voz de un suspiro recuerdo tu desdén te evoco sin razón te escucho sin que estés lo nuestro terminó dijiste en un adiós de azúcar y de hiel lo mismo que el café que el amor que el olvido que el vértigo final de un rencor sin porqué y allí con tu impiedad me vi morir de pie me di tu vanidad y entonces comprendí mi soledad sin para qué llovía y te ofrecí el último café que el café, que el amor, que el olvido, que el vértigo final de un rencor sin por qué. Y allí con tu impiedad me vi morir de pie, me di tu vanidad y entonces comprendí mi soledad sin para qué. Yo vi a el último café. Wow. What a version. What happened to Sid? Uh-oh. Oh, shit. I think I just blocked Sid. You did <laughs> block I gotta, him? I got to figure out how to check <laughs> Hold on, Sid. I'm just, I don't know what I did. <laughs> Wait, he's calling again. Okay. I was like, what the fuck? Hi, everybody. <laughs> Our guest tonight has been blocked, everybody. <laughs> First, he, because he butt dialed us <laughs> in the middle of a beautiful song, he butt dialed us. 
<laughs> I've kicked myself out of this show before, Sid, so... Uh, uh, Hello, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hi, Sid. Can, am I actually here yet? Yeah. You're here. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Okay. I'm, I, you know, remember the last time I was listening in, I didn't have earbuds. So I feel technically impaired. Uh, <laughs> but so I apologize for the butt dial. Or maybe I don't apologize. Maybe some people, <laughs> maybe some people like to be butt dialed. I don't know. <laughs> I like being butt dialed and called when people are drunk. When it's called drunk calling. <laughs> right. Drunk dial. It's so nice to hear both of your voices, and, and I, it's I'm just thrilled um, that you were kind enough to ask me to join you. I'm really I'm touched and and honored, and of course uh, you know you've got so many beautiful and wonderful friends and fans far and wide. And uh, it's amazing to think how long we've known one another. My God! Oh my God! Yes, I love you. That. Um, you were there for my first performance. I was. You were with uh, B at Empire. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you said uh, you you compliment, uh, and and I'm I'm totally over it. Don't worry. But you complimented me <laughs> in in such a way that. That drove me crazy, but I guess I deserved it because I was like 21 or 22. You said, um, that was so cute. <laughs> well, cute is, cute is a lovely adjective. What's wrong with that? If you Okay, I want you to go up to Chicho and Juana after they perform and say, that was so cute. <laughs> you know... I don't mean to put myself in their league. I'm just saying, give you know, <laughs> for an adjective for a tango performance. Well, actually, Adam, can, I want to share with you one of my most vivid memories, actually, of when I first met you, was the ginormous canvas of your art at Empire. Hmm. There was that huge canvas. I don't know if it was a self-portrait or mm -hmm. or exactly what but i just looked at that thing and i'm like wow now this guy's got something to say isn't that painting cute no <laughs> no i did not think that <laughs> well that cute painting actually still exists it's hanging in our hallway oh, oh yeah okay Great. yeah yeah i had to get rid of a lot of a lot of um you know, when you're not selling art, there's only one other place for it to go. <laughs> in the hallway? In the, uh, in, up in to heaven. In my living room. It goes room into or... art heaven. Oh, it goes to art heaven, I see. Mm -hmm. art, that doesn't, art that doesn't sell goes to art heaven. Yeah. By the way, Chico, I still have such vivid memories of, oh my gosh, your loft party, um... And I did a cha-cha with Natalia that night, dancing to Lady Gaga. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! And I remember yeah, that. That that way, I mean, you know how to throw a party, girl. No, oh, that was still party thrown with Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Not all by myself, but yeah, we, yeah. 
We had was that her loft? But we, 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 that was a, a co production. Co production sure. of madness. Was that the year where we did gang and well, gangs and hoes? That was New Year's. Gangsters that was and New hoes. Year's, right? Gangsters and hoes, yes. And, and, uh, and that was Ghetto Tango, Adam. That was not. And there's a fabulous, there's a fabulous. There's a fabulous yeah, that was get ghetto tango that's right and there was a fabulous photo of Bat Johnson that's still somewhere on my Facebook oh, feed with the afro the, with the afro <laughs> and 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 his index finger looking at the camera it was, but, but there's also a video attached to that he went he did like a I mean, I'm just you know he did his own impress impression of like a of like a black guy like it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like our black friend Bat acted like a black guy on video. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. So Chico, how was your day? Did... Oh, sorry, you go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna ask Chica really quick how uh, her family and friends in Turkey are doing. Uh, it's, it's, they're good. They're good. Let's just say that it's a mad time there right now, but yeah, they're safe a... and healthy, but oh, good, they good. are uh, struggling with other aspects that the complications of the earthquake for sure. Right. right. That's, that's what I was um, wondering about. Well, I'm glad they're safe and healthy. So I just wanted to check in and you were asking Thank me about you. my day. You were, you're welcome. Um, you were asking me about my day, Adam. No, I was asking Chico. Am oh. <laughs> <laughs> I the just... guest here tonight? Uh, All right. I was asking. I was asking everybody in general, the listeners, and and you guys as well. How how uh, how how you how was your day? How are you doing? Well, t- today was a little bit rough because I don't know if you've all heard, but. New York City schools have closed again. Oh, no, I did not hear. Yeah, they're it was announced it. closing tomorrow, right? They're closing tomorrow. Yeah, it was announced at 3.30 this afternoon. So that puts uh, a little bit of a damper on all the wonderful social distance dancing engagement that we've been mm-hmm. doing with some of our partner schools. Um, but we also have a virtual platform and we're going to you know, keep that going because um, uh, as you were kind enough to, you know, advertise in tonight's, by the way, number 36, I'm in all into numerology and I'm so excited that I'm number 36. <laughs> okay. Why is that? Why is that? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, for two reasons. One, um, my birthday happens to be three six, March sixth. So that's that's oh, wow. the th- that, that's one part of the three that's six. True. But, but actually, um, in numerology, um, you know, thirty six is well, in <laughs> not just numerology in math. <laughs> uh, Eighteen times two is thirty six. Really. Interesting. Unless I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. No, that that's correct. You're, that's no, valid. That is yeah, correct. That I, is I was gonna, I was going to say if I'm if I'm mathematically impaired as I am technically impaired, I'm in big trouble here. But I hope <laughs> I could, could double eighteen. But I don't know if you how much you know about like um, Hebrew. But in Hebrew, all the letters have an equivalent numerical value. So yud, yud, which is a Y in Hebrew, has a value of ten, and the kaf, 
which is this, the, the Hebrew letter where it sounds like they're spitting the <laughs> sound. <laughs> so, or they're clearing their throat or they're about to hock one out. Um, so the yud and the kaf make the, the, the word chai. And chai means life in Hebrew. Like you've heard, you've heard l'chaim, right? The toast. Yeah. When they, you yeah. know, l'chaim. Or like from Fiddler on the Roof. To life, to life, l'chaim. <laughs> so um, chai, the value of chai is 10 plus 8. So it's 18. So 36 is like double life. So this is a powerful, powerful wow. show. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. Wow. So we have a so, lot to live up to tonight. To so make the it. minute you see a number, these sort of things go through your head? Yeah, it can almost bring on a bit of neurosis, but yes, yes. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a numerical neurotic. <laughs> so Greg, Greg wrote saying that the first time he met you was in Cleveland last year or the year before. And I want to I, I wanna tell my little story about that. I remember... Going to the so we have a bowling a tango bowling marathon in Cleveland, Ohio, and for those of us those I mean the people listening right now I think you already know what it is, but those who may listen later, um, the bowling part is not that important. So if you if you want to come next summer, don't worry if you don't know how to bowl. Um, and by the way, I am going to do it next summer. I feel like we can announce this because I think by next summer we should be good with the vaccines. I'm I'm uh. I'm gonna start planning. I'm I'm putting it out there, everybody. I'm planning for next summer. But anyway, yes. I go to the bar on Friday. I'm kind of tired. Drew ate all my fucking watermelon. And <laughs> fucking Drew. And I'm fucking tired. I've been setting up, and I go to the bar, and I'm wearing the shirt Sid had bought me too, because Sid had bought me a shirt a couple months prior to that, and, and I the, couldn't and really. Shirt, and, and the shirt's yeah. cute. Yeah, that's cute. Great like, and I couldn't really like your like your dancing in your art. It's cute. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. And I couldn't really button it when he bought it for me. But by the time Cleveland Tango Bowling Marathon came around at the end of July, I could fit in it pretty well. And I remember, like, I walked over to the bar to get a drink, and I hear this god awful laughter. <laughs> that's it, right there. <laughs> Oh and, uh, I'm like, is that fucking Sid Grant in Cleveland, Ohio? And then I, you know, he turns around, and you had already, you were hanging out with your buddy all day, so you had already been drunk. I don't know what you guys, you know, you were just having a good time. So you were like, oh, well, you know, what's up? And I was like, holy shit, Sid Grant came all the way to this event in Cleveland, Ohio. And you're like, well, I happen to be here visiting a friend, so I came to, you know, I'm just kidding. You're like, yeah, well, you know, you have this event, and then my friend lives here. And I was just really honored that you got you came. I mean, I'm honored that all of you guys come. Don't get me wrong, um, but it was special to have you there because you always bring a, a special energy everywhere you go. And I'm I'm I I wanted to talk about that. We haven't officially started our five questions segment yet because yes. I haven't played the song yet. But okay, that's one of the things I want to touch upon when we get there. Um, me too. So, that that's my little memory of bumping into Sid at the Cleveland Tango Bowling Marathon. Uh, it's always great to bump into you anywhere, but that was especially special to me. So before we continue, okay. Five questions. <laughs> Five questions. 
Five questions. Five questions. So that's our little, our little intro song. That so was So what lively. would you dance to that, Sid? Hustle? I would probably dance a hustle to that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? I immediately yeah. visualized I, that when and, you were and, clapping. And, and by the way, hustle was my first love before tango. I mean, I have many dance loves, but definitely in terms of like my first kind of dance addiction and, 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 and the dance that I was like most into and passionate, it was definitely the hustle. So I want to follow up with, with a few questions about that. Um, excuse me. You dance a lot of styles. You dance a lot. And you're a part of a lot of communities. I remember when Alberto, our good friend Alberto, who lives in Cleveland now. Yes. Um, when he, would, he was working for you for Ballroom Basics. And we, Chico, don't let me forget. We need to bring up Ballroom Basics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was like, if you think Tango's big in, or I'm sorry, if you think Tango's big in Sydney. No, if you think Sydney's big in Tango. He's like, you should see him. You should see him in the other communities, because he's like, I've been following this guy around, and this motherfucker's <laughs> around, man. So, hey, you said your Adam, first don't love. Don't talk about my mother that way. <laughs> so she, she may be listening. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. She would you, uh, not get a podcast. Your first love. <laughs> That's good. Your first love is hustle. You said, but yes. Um, how many? You know. Sort of a boring, sort of a boring question, but how many different dances do you dance, and why would you consider tango to be? I'm not saying it's the most special to you, but what makes it different for you than other dances? Wow. Um, okay, great. Um, well, you know, it's interesting when you have, you know, when you bring a certain frame of reference to any given dance experience. And when people ask me why tango is definitely, like unequivocally, the most meaningful dance in my life, because um, so many ballroom dancers, they kind of just, you know, think that Argentine tango is just another one of the dances, dance categories, you know? And they don't really understand how, you know, uh, you know, we're just special and different and they don't get it. <laughs> but, uh, but no, in all seriousness, I mean, I, I you know, when, my journey to tango, I, I just, I describe very much as an unlearning. Mm. Mm. Okay. Because it's, because, well, because, you know, your ballroom and La your, your ballroom and Latin dance curriculum and, and the ballroom and Latin dance industry, it's a very syllabus driven thing. Oh, you know, you, yeah. you, you have these, you know, you, you have kind of these lists of steps and everybody masters, you know, one level and then they move to the next level and they get another set of steps. And um, we all know that, you know, Argentine tango is a corporeal language and there's a structure to that language. And, you know, it's so infinitely improvisational that no two tango conversations are ever the same. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the it's the furthest thing from cookie cutter that there could be. Now, that being said, I don't want to denigrate, you know, the ballroom and Latin dance community or my ballroom and Latin dance experience because I do love my ballroom and Latin dancing, but it's just nothing like tango. Do you think tango would benefit from having a structure like this? 
Well, what's interesting is in terms of my own teaching, you know, there is a kind of way in which I structure my approach to sharing the dance mm -hmm. with newcomers. And that definitely is informed by my, you know, my own, you know, teaching, you know, pedagogy, which does, you know, I, I do come from, you know, a, a syllabus structured background. I don't create a syllabus for my students, but I do kind of... The, the way I approach the tango vocabulary is definitely shaped by that experience. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just that. It absolutely does. But it's just that I didn't answer your question. No, no, no. It's just <laughs> that I've, I, I've been thinking more and more about, and I don't want to make tango, I don't want to steal people's personal, personal identities. We've had this conversation many times on the show. Even last week we talked about it and several weeks prior that tango has sort of become so filtered into one style lately as opposed to 10 or 15 or 20 years ago and mm. however i feel like the pedagogy's gotten much more advanced in the sense that i think students advance much more quickly than they did 10 or 15 years ago um so i'm one so a part of me thinks like well we have a sort of syllabus that works and we can deviate from it but should we sort of constitute some sort of structure and and i've had this conversation with a lot of people over the years oliver pablo like you know andres amarilla like so many people um like should we codify a, a, a syllabus that we think would benefit people or not and you know i don't want it to get so dry that it becomes like what you're saying about the other dances that you lose sort of that individuality but um it could be useful at the same time i don't know Sorry, I went yeah, on for a little. No, not at all. I mean, I think I think you're saying, uh, you know, you're bringing up some very important things, and I think that um, one of the things I really admire about having sought out uh, a myriad of instructors in my almost twenty years in in tango now is that so many of them come to the dance with such unique perspectives. And I just, I find that the variety really informs me as a dancer. Um, so I suppose if you were going to try to pin down a name, what was that, Chica? Nothing. <clears throat> Sorry. I just, <laughs> I just spilled something. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. That's, that's quite all right. Um, I, um, no, I mean, I, I think that, I think that structure is important, but I do feel if things were, you know, codified in, 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 in a traditional syllabus, the way I think of a syllabus, I, th I think it could uh, result in stagnating a lot of the improvisational, you know, individualism of, of the experience that I think is what makes Argentine tango largely what it is. Mm -hmm. And so let me ask you this then, like you said you learned more in a codified way, but you are super creative and playful with the dance. And you think you were able to break that sort of learning and find your personality because it's you or because you already danced other dances, so it was easy for you to 
breakthrough and play afterwards and like bring out your personality. <clears throat> what? Well, what personality? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just cute. It's just cute. <laughs> it's just cute, right? It's, it's just cute. It's just cute. See, cute's a good thing. Um, no, so this, so this is what I'll tell you. Um, for me, tango was very artistically liberating. Um, be, because, again, having come from, uh, you know, decades of ballroom and Latin dance, although I did, you know, I do specialize in the American style as opposed to the international style. The international style is even more rigid in terms of its, you know, syllabus. And listen, some people thrive on the rigidity of syllabi and, and, and what can be achieved if, if everyone's, you know, dancing the same thing to a certain dance standard. And I get that and I respect it and appreciate it. But I found that the, the tango experience was just so remarkably liberating because I don't know, I just, I don't want to sound trite or cliche, but you know, for me, it, it's just the, it's the ultimate. I mean, the, the fact that you can be in the arms of a stranger that you've never met before and share this common language that we call tango and have a depth of experience that is, you know, I mean, you've had tondas, I'm sure many, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like that. I mean, I remember I was over in, um, uh, I was over in Berlin uh, and I was attending a, a festival there with two of my students. And this is when uh, Gabriel Misse was still dancing with Natalia Hill. And um, their performance that night was like electrifying. And they had just finished the performance and they announced the first tanda uh, afterward. And I looked across, like, you know, I met eyes with this, this woman from across the room, had never seen her, she'd never seen me. And it was one of these things where literally from the moment of the embrace, it was as if we danced for years. Like, I, it was, it was like, I, I keep, uh, you know, looking back at moments like that and thinking that never happened to me in the ballroom world. I mean, yes, a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of, you know, lively, you know, liveliness, but, but that level of profundity, how often do you get to use the word profundity? <laughs> on your pot on your podcast that's where you use it <laughs> I put the fun, I, hey hey i think i put the fun in profundity how about that can i ask you another question and i want to welcome uh audrey to the conversation hello audrey hi Pooja. hey audrey hi Pooja. i want to ask you an, a quick question i'm sure audrey has a question too but because you dance other dances i've danced a little you know swing um lindy and um, so I want to ask you, you, how do I say this? Um, yes, I've definitely experienced the, the, the quality of a dance. Hey, Kimmy. Like when you just meet somebody and you dance with them and you're like, wow, I feel like I've danced with you for 20 years, you know, right. tango. Um, do you have that? Have you, sh have you had that? Is it available in other dances to have that similar sort of experience? Oh. Or is it is it restricted because of having such a structure? I don't know. I didn't catch that. I got lost. Sorry. Can you repeat the question, Adam? 
Or we and lost I think Sid. We lost Sid. Um. Well, I'll. I'll, I'll you'll have to repeat when. Maybe you can help me. Maybe you can help me with the question until we get Sid back. But it was like I'm trying to figure out how to ask him, like because other dances, from what I understand, follow like little mini patterns all the time, mm-hmm. and have a sort of resolution. Like I remember we took the lessons with Paula and Ken for the East Coast. Um, West Coast, swing. West Coast swing, and it was like, well, you always have to be here at this part, and then you always, then and this is the moment you come back, you, you pass each other, and then you always have to be here at the end. And I know a lot of people compare West Coast swing to tango more than any other dance, like even Paula, who did, who who is a phenomenal tango dancer to me, and and now mm-hmm. a West Coast swing dancer. Um, but at the same time, you always have to be at a certain place at a certain time, right? And so I'm curious if Sid has experienced the same sort of um, profundity that he mentioned <laughs> in tango as he had in other dances. And I don't know if he can still hear us, but here he is coming back to the conversation. Did you hear that, Sid? I heard. I don't know what the hell happened, you guys. I'm so sorry. That's okay, but did you hear what I was uh, trying to ask? Uh, no. Ah, and you worded it so well, Adam. Hello? You had worded it so well. I know. It says great. I do. It. I do. I do see somebody saying, "Great question, Adam." I'm looking forward to Sid's answer. <laughs> okay. All right. Before I lose it, before I lose it, and uh, and Audrey forgets why she called. In Tango, you said you had such a. Uh, okay, let me restate this. You know, you remember Paula Wilson, Sid? Yes. Okay, so Paula dances West Coast Swing, and she says to her, "West Coast Swing is the closest." dance outside of tango that is like tango because of all the freedom you have within it but at the same time you always have to still be at a certain place at a certain time according to the timing of the music and because of the way the dance is structured Mm -hmm. right and then this is the moment you pass each other and then this is the moment you you come away and then and then you can free form a little bit so there's still some sort of ultimate structure that you have to stick to and you were saying, and, and so as someone, as yourself, who dances many styles, are you able to find the same profundity in other dances you find in tango? Or is it because tango is so limitless in that sort of internal structure that allows for that to occur? Did I ask, this, did I ask it as well as I did the first time? Yeah, better. Much better. Well, yeah. practice makes perfect, you know? Yeah. Practice, practice <laughs> makes perfect, especially in tango. Um, I would I would answer that by saying that I have certainly had moments of what I'd describe as, you know, dance bliss in other dances from time to time, but I find it far more I, I find the depth of the bliss and the frequency of the bliss uh, in tango uh, much more often and much more fulfilling. Mm. But and that being said, go ahead, just Chico. I'm sorry. Like, what makes it deeper? Uh, I I think I would. I have know to it's say a that, hard question. I am just curious if there would be a way to explain it. Just curious. I would have to say it has a lot to do with the close embrace. Hmm. And maybe minor way of being able to. Transfer information to one another through the improvisation, like. Yes, 
I liked I liked the fact that Adam mentioned specifically about the internal structure of things. You know, Westies, and I do I do dance a, a smattering of West Coast swing, and I love to kind of use my tango instincts when someone leads me in West Coast swing, and I find suddenly I'll do something that I've never done and sort of squeal because I'm like, oh my god, how would they get me to do that? You know, um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, I think the internal structure of tango is what is what permits this depth well can i can i relate a story to to your point about the close embrace yes have you ever danced and i'll ask chico audrey you're on the line too and i know and i'm sorry i want to give you space to speak in a second but i'm excited about talking to sid um the one thing i love about close embrace and it, it doesn't work necessarily in open but i've i've had experiences especially dancing milonga where I'll be dancing close, and well, because we're not crowded, we're at the Conning or we're at a Milonga, very crowded. We're both dancing. Our feet are both doing totally whatever they want. It doesn't matter because we're not moving. We're not mm. traveling. Mm. Um, but so we're dancing our feet however we want, but the embrace is doing something completely different. It's just holding each other. We're dancing that too. So it gives you a lot of another depth of communication. I don't want to try to sound like I'm like waxing poetic, but it's just, it's very nice. You can dance with somebody and hold them really close, but not actually do the same thing, you know, with your feet at least. It's, it's very interesting. And maybe that is the reason why you're going deeper because it's not so much about movement. And that. You have time to go deeper. I also with think what are... you're experiencing with each other. I don't know. Would you agree, Sid? I, I would agree, and I also think it's 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 a lot to do with the, as Adam said, the internal structure. There's also the dynamic in terms of the level of surrender that tango requires. I think on mm -hmm. both people. Right. I right. Think right. I'm, I, I think on both people's parts, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I've, I've found, I've found when I surrender my, you know, cause like any leader, I mean, I can have my agenda and then I find that when I put my attention on the follower and the, and the dance that I think the follower is, is asking of me is trying is transmitting back to me as a, as a, as a feeling that they, they'd like me to fill in the detail for right right yeah like and, it, and, it, and we don't have that in other dances necessarily and we don't have that ability to surrender right because we're both following yes. this sort of like structure of like you got to be here at this moment then you got to be there at this moment i'm going to swing mm -hmm. out if you don't catch me i'm going to fall over you know? right <laughs> well, also, like, well what do you guys think like how much of it is also related to the music i also find like again i think completely related to the music experience of like uh west coast swing and east coast swing and um little bit of salsa i've never like dwelled so deep into them but it feels like they're more on the there isn't as much diversity in feelings when you're dancing those dances to me uh, well of course the, the canon more up and 
I, I think we're also talking about like, you know, in terms of genres, I mean, the canon of, of, of tango music is so, uh, I mean, it spans decades and we, we, you know, whenever you, whenever I have the, sometimes I, I really want to actually spend more time in terms of, you know, when I think of my, my good friend, our good friend, Maria Valentina and like her, her breadth of knowledge when it comes to the different orchestras and, the, and, you know, the, 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 the gamut of musicality in tango is just extraordinary. And, and the way in which the body can interpret the music that you're dancing to is, yeah, I would say as compared to some of the other dances you just mentioned, Chico, I would say that tango has a, ha, does have a greater diversity, which don't, I don't think makes it better or worse, but I think there is, certainly is a breadth of experience and expression because of the diversity of the music. Exactly, exactly. And it allows for different personalities to be able to give back in a way. You know, there is, um, yeah, I don't know, like with someone super playful, you can have like what you were talking about, the bliss, or with someone super uh, romantic or melancholic, uh, that you can go deeper as well. And I think the music is allowing for that to happen. I also found like when I danced East Coast Swing, I got tired of feeling happy. And I'm a happy person, you know me. You, you're a happy person, but there's yeah. like uh, when I just felt that dancing, it felt exhausting after a while. Yeah. Uh, to me. Are, are we still on question one? Because yeah, five, we are. <laughs> if, there's, if, the, if there's five questions, Marcelo may have to wait a while. <laughs> it's okay. He, He's aware of our five question segments being like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it ends up being sometimes three questions that take like uh, an hour, sometimes 15 questions. But Chico, do you uh, remember? So we've all had, I, I know so many people that have left or not just, not left tango, but have been dancing tango and then started dancing swing. And, I'm, and when I say swing, I'm meaning more like Lindy. Okay. And at one point, we had a young lady join us from Lindy. Uh, Audrey was her name. Was it Audrey, right? Mm-hmm. Remember Chico? Which is not me. Yeah, yeah, another Audrey. Audrey. A different Audrey. And and I remember, like, after a while, she kept coming to, like, the Thursday night classes, and we've kept finding her partners, and she was great. And at one point, I said, um, Audrey, you're, like, the only person I know who's, who's stopped dancing. And she performed. Like, she was a big swing dancer. Yeah. She performed, and she did all this stuff. And she was like, nobody smiles that much. I'm so tired of it. She's like, tango people are more real. <laughs> she was, and, and I usually heard the opposite, not the opposite, but I usually heard from tango people like, I'm just so tired of everybody here being so dramatic. I want to just go out and have fun. <laughs> and she was the opposite. She's like, I am so tired of everybody just being so goddamn happy all the time. You know, That's not who we are. Uh, it was just an well, interesting you know, you know, you know, it's really interesting. I was communicating with Sharon uh, today, uh, who's been outside of New York for the entire. She, she's, she fortunately has a lovely cottage on Shelter Island, and she and her partner Nathaniel decided to go out there in March, and and ha- you know, haven't been back since. So we haven't seen one another, but we communicate from time to time. And I actually wrote her a poem uh, today. It just kind of bubbled up. 
uh, in me and I, I, I sent it to her. And I specifically talk about how, you know, um, or one of the themes in the poem is how, you know, tango lets us dance a range of emotions. It's not just about fun and happy. You know, and, and in fact, if we look at, you know, La Letra, if we look at the lyrics of tango, you know, a lot of it is about loss and yearning and uh, and love and passion. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, tango is definitely, I think people that search for depth in life experiences are drawn to tango as a dance if, you know, uh, they're inclined to want to dance something of greater depth. This makes me think about another question, and I want to actually ask Audrey about this. Um, usually in times of great struggle, like now, we're going through COVID, people want to people go towards something less emotional. Like, So do you think after COVID, people would will be drawn more to like a dance like swing because it's so fun, or do you think they'd be drawn to a dance like tango because it has... A, I don't want to say more. I don't want to put swing down, yeah. but you know, it's just different. It has a little more depth. I think that's a it's an interesting question, but I actually don't think it's an or. I think it's an and, right? Like mm. right. right now that we miss each other so much that whether it's swing or it's tango or it's blues or whatever, whatever is going to give us an opportunity to connect with one another is what we're going to do, and it won't matter what it is. I mean, like, I think, like, especially for somebody like me who's been mostly sheltered in place alone and, like, have only seen about a handful of people since March, I mean, I would be happy to even have coffee with somebody right now. And, like, that's hard. So I don't really care what dance it is. I think I'll try them all, which hmm, I wouldn't okay. have said in the past. Hi, Audrey. Yeah. Well, welcome. Hi. Sorry, we, we left welcome, you waiting Audrey. so long. <laughs> Thank Welcome. you. So good to hear all of your voices. Thanks for calling in finally. I don't know if you've know. only called in a handful of times. So and welcome back. called a few times, yeah. Yeah, yeah I tend to be working a lot of the time, yeah. so I can't always call in. But the year is winding down, so I was able to make it today. I'm glad you did. Did you have a question for Sid? I think the conversation has already gone in a different direction, so I don't know. It was more of a, an observation and kind of um, what you guys were talking about, about um, creating structure versus it being improvised. It's very interesting because um, many people may not know, but like I have a corporate day job and then I do a lot of tango things as well. But um, even in the corporate world, it's really interesting. Sometimes I'm managing programs where people tell me, we definitely can't turn this into a process flow. There's too much creativity involved. For example, like I do a lot of work with teams that do investigations and they're like the best investigators have instincts or have like particular knowledge that just helps them make connections. And there's no way you could drill that down to a process or be able to mm. teach it to somebody because it's a matter of like that person's just like, pure like i don't know something that they have that that can't be distilled and then you start Sid, to like, stop feel... moving what <laughs> am i doing start... stop moving <laughs> i don't know what you're doing okay. <laughs> um, and then you start to like talk to people and you start peeling it back and and the reality is there's always a baseline structure that you can create to start to teach somebody something. And then after that, their experiences will shape them forming those instincts. 
So I feel like even with tango, when I talk to people at work, for example, about tango now, um, because again, they're so socially starved, they're happy to listen to me give them trainings on tango virtually. Um, <laughs> they they actually like had me do for a social like Halloween happy hour, um, like a virtual tango overview. And I talked about music, but I got so many thanks and everything like that. But I really broke it down in an elemental way for a 15 minute overview on just like the basics. And I told everybody, like every rule I just taught you can be broken once you understand how to use it. So I don't know, mm -hmm. I do mm -hmm. feel like there's a, a way to turn tango into more of a structure or regimen. Well, that's, so this is what I was going to bring up before, like, because Drew was talking about uh, playing music as a guitarist and learning guitar and I was thinking about which, art. Which Drew is that? Andrew Minor? Andrew Minor, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I was yeah, thinking, yeah. And, and okay, Candy's writing like in English grammar. Oh, like, I see the comment. Hey, Drew. You know, if we have a structure to deviate from and, and all art forms that are, I mean, ballet is one, like, I mean, all these art forms that are really, really, really codified they have a structure. And I think, I remember saying this a long time ago, and I don't feel this way anymore about tango, but I did 10 years ago. I felt like tango was an infancy. It was, it was very, and, and I don't know if James is still listening, but when we started Sid, I mean, come on, like Jake, Marcelo, you know, a lot of us listening, like, and here talking, like, when we got into tango, it was like, you go to one teacher, they say this. You go to another teacher, they say this. Like tango was in 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 its infancy in terms of teaching it, in terms of structure. Um, mm. It was sort of like the wild west, and, and oh, yeah, you would get lost in it. In yeah, and you're like, well, I just went to this teacher, and they said this, and now you're saying that, and oh my god, and it's so crazy. And nowadays, I talk to my colleagues, and we talk to each other, and it's like, oh, we're all talking about this. Oh, we're all agreeing on that, and it's like, wow, that's great. That's relieving, you know. <laughs> We all we all agree yeah, yeah. on what we're doing, um, but then having that that sort of layer of structure allows for you to then go to another place. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, and I think yeah. as a beginner, you need that sort of structure because otherwise it takes longer. Well, not even as a beginner, yeah. just as a dancer, as a, as an artist in any field, in any form. Yeah, yeah. I, but I think that's giving you something to break away from. Otherwise, there isn't anything tangible. And then you don't know if you're actually bringing in your personality and breaking away from things and creating new stuff, or if you're just like, I don't know, lost. You know but what also I mean? Like, I'm, for example, another type of art, but I'm, I'm starting to learn watercolor painting. And it's very interesting because sometimes when like I, the instructor is talking about creating, I don't know, like um, a bunch of trees. They will tell you to intentionally mess things up because your brain as a human being wants to see patterns. But if you make it like a pattern, then it's not like reality. So like you almost, regardless of the art form that it might be, whether it's painting or it's dancing or music or, or whether it's business actually, when people are first being introduced to something, they almost need to have the structure to be able to organize it in their minds. And only after they have those building blocks and they start to like explore if you if you if it. you read about the history of information how we quantify it how we how we how we could how we created a language out of symbols and then we created words with letters all of these things have helped develop cultures and societies from cavemen and cave women you know so 
you can't say like, oh, all of that has created this structure that we live in that's keeping us from being this way or that way, and I don't feel free or any. You know, it's like uh, when you codify something, when you quantify it, it it allows for you to understand what it is the message you're trying to communicate. I mean, we're all all of this is about communicating messages, right? And receiving messages. So the better we understand how to do that and what it is we're trying to communicate and receive, the more effective it all is. Oh my lord, I love this podcast. I don't know where I come, but I I love everything <laughs> he's talking about. <laughs> I have a geeks and nerds. This that I love this shit. I I I want to tell you like today I've had more energy than I've had in months. I I got up. I listened to some classical music. I went to the the rock gym. I had a great day. Um, and I've just had all this energy, and I'm not I'm not sure why. <laughs> but I have it's a called theory. menopause, yeah, man. I have it's a menopause. theory. <laughs> <laughs> Was that your classical music, Adam? Yes. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I just, uh, I, I, I woke up, I, I had a nice morning, and then I, and then I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sharon, what happened? She knows. She, she may be. And then I had a great day. I mean, when you get high and you go to the rock climbing, I didn't even smoke a lot. I took like one puff, but I got so connected with my body and I was climbing and it felt so amazing. And yeah, I just had a very, uh, very good day. Yeah. And you know, Chico, I don't really get high much, but it was nice. I'm glad you jumped to that from Marcelo's thing, <laughs> comment. <laughs> oh. No, I love, I love what you heard. Uh, Audrey, hey, how are you doing? Good, how are Sis? you? Fine, Sydney. Hey, man. Hey, man. Sweetie. Muy bien, vos? Muy bien, gracias. I miss you, all of you guys, so much. Miss you too. We're getting close to the end, my friend. <laughs> we see that we need to come back to that bad bar, gay bar that we went, and to the karaoke one. Oh my lord, that was fun. <laughs> that was, was that here in New York? Where was that? Yes, in New York. In New York. Yeah, oh, in New York. Yeah, with a drag Wait, queen. It? it was fun. That that was that was a lot of fun. Um, so. Do you do you have a, a, uh, uh, any other questions? I feel like there were things I wanted to touch on that I didn't even get to uh, touch upon, but th these things happen when... Sydney, you can touch you, anybody you, and anywhere. Oh no, were you we planning on questions. touching yourself? <laughs> I was like, planning on touching myself. <laughs> Not until well, after I, the podcast. <laughs> I wanted to ask, I wanted to bring up Ballroom Basics because um, it's yeah. an amazing thing you do. You've been doing for a long time and here in New York City. And now, and I wanted to talk about Cleveland, dude. You're, you, you, are we, are we allowed to, to acknowledge this now? Yeah, we're allowed to acknowledge it now. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> I've been acknowledging it since the day that it happened. I figured I was going to see you there before in New York. No, but I, I don't want to. 
speak other people's personal business unless Fair. I know it's okay. You know? But um, I'm from Cleveland. Sydney just moved sort of halfway, half moved to Cleveland. He's still got a, a place here in New York. And uh, that's, that's exciting. I think Clevelanders, in at least in Tango, are excited. I'm sure your friends who live there are really happy you're going to be there more often. Are you expanding Ballroom Basics out to Cleveland? Is that part of the reason? That's that's that is part of the reason. Yes, um, uh, I'm re- I'm really excited. In fact, I had a conversation. I can't reveal the the, the, the school district just yet, but uh, I had a meeting with the director of innovative programming for one of the Ohio school districts, and we're probably going to be doing a, a really big social distanced macaron arena you know that that's been our calling card during the during the pandemic is we took the macarena and we created the macaron arena so that we had a way you know to safely engage kids with you know movement and dance and of course almost everybody knows the macarena so you've got sort of this common frame of reference and then you've got this we changed it up with the lyrics and the movements to make it all about you know staying six feet away way way uh and from one another and um yeah we we did a we did a one of our flash uh what we call our flash bash events we did one in lakewood uh over the summer but we haven't done a large one yet with a group of school children so that's probably going to happen in the next couple of weeks i don't want to jinx it and i'm not going to say i hope so i hope it happens thank you all as all planned so before we go deeper into that would you please um Describe to our listeners what Ballroom Basics is and how it formed and when it formed. Sure. So uh, I launched Ballroom Basics in the spring of 2008. Um, And uh, I did it. I started it in a single uh, Harlem middle school. Uh, The reason the program is called Ballroom Basics, S-I-X, is for two reasons. One, our target demographic is the sixth grade, the first year of middle school, uh, because it, in many in many school systems, that's the first year that children who are K through five in an elementary school matriculate to a new environment where they have a new peer group. And you know, we all know how it is when you know matriculate. I love that word. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you love it as much as I do. <laughs> um, yeah. So the so the you know everybody wants to fit in when they've got like a a new group of uh, you know a new a new peer group and you know I was a very unpopular kid growing up. You know most of your listeners and most people in the I tango. I don't believe you. Well, you know the the truth of the matter is I grew up I grew up in a day and age when it, you know when you know, the, the, the boys who were the fags were the ones who were picked on and made fun of and uh, usually overcompensated with, like, lots of uh, fun and merriment. <laughs> and so I was president of the drama club and I was, uh, my brother was president of the art club. And uh, we, uh, you know, we found our way. But, uh, you know, I think so much of that experience of being, of being picked on and ostracized informed this need of mine to to create an experience for young people where it's rotational and a level playing field because every single classmate dances with every other classmate around the circle regardless of popularity or ethnicity 
uh, or you know sexual orientation. And in the same way, I've taken a very strong stand in all my different dance communities about gender neutralizing the dance experience. Uh, and not only with the lead and follow, but, you know, in terms of, you know, anybody can dance with anybody. And it's not about uh, sexuality. It's about the, the shared experience. So I've embedded that into the, you know, into the programming. And I think it really just shows how powerful a dual dance is to be an equalizer uh, societally. And uh, we started with a few, a few dozen kids in Harlem back in 2008. And we've, we've taught over 20,000 school children in more than 100 different schools across all five boroughs. And we're also doing work in St. Louis and Memphis and now yeah. soon to be Cleveland. It's amazing. It's amazing, man. Congratulations. So I also wanna. This is a little. This is a sample. This was arranged. Go ahead. I was going to say this was arranged by Elvis Sabeco, who was a, a dance instructor and arranger who I met when I was teaching at the Afro Latin Festival in Johannesburg, South Africa, in March. And we, the, it was the last festival that was permitted in the country of South Africa before they shut everything down because COVID had you, you were know, in. Had begun. I was in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were in. It immediately Africa makes me want to dance. When they shut down the whole goddamn world, <laughs> and yeah. you had to fly home. I had to fly home. How many? How many flights was it? Five. Four five. Flights? Five. Well, f four flights and five airports. Four wow. flights, five yeah. airports. Before we knew how to how to contain it. Before we knew what it was. Before we knew if masks worked or not. I miraculously dodged the bullet, man. I, yeah. I was one. I had an angel on both shoulders. I think. I mean, really, it's um, it's 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 pretty amazing. But yeah, there's. I mean, if anybody's really interested, there's a really cute. Um, you know, we have a, a YouTube channel, Ballroom Basics USA, and a lot of it, most recently, has been about the Macarona Arena because I mean, it, and it was so sweet, Chico, that you just said like, oh, that really makes me want to dance because when we take this into the schools. The teachers, the kids, this one teacher just the other day, she's like, the kids keep singing it all day, but I don't mind because they've never been happier. Like they uh -huh. came back, they've, they've all been isolated. You know, I mean, the one thing about dance that we can all say, and of course, I think it's one of the reasons why we all miss our tango so terribly is, you know, dance is something that really elevates the human spirit. And the fact that so many children and families have suffered depression and anxiety in isolation, in the isolation of quarantine, the fact that you can energize and entertain uh, through dance uh, is like, yeah, it's, 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 it's like the perfect antidote to all this isolation we've been experiencing, even if we yeah. can't be in a close embrace. And it balances out emotions, I think, like uh, that everybody's going through during this time or in life, right? I mean, that's another reason I find your program to be 
uh, amazing. Yeah, and one of the things uh, I want to bring something else to release the energy that some of these kids or the aggression or the difficulties and all of that that they go through, um, they get to release through the dance. Exactly, and I think what'll be of, of most interest, uh, interest to the listeners that don't know about my program are, are two very important facets about it. One, I'm staunchly non-competitive. You know, it's it's all well and good that you know in the dance world there's competitions for those people that are driven by you know the urge to compete. I get that urge. Like I've I've done competition in the past, but the beauty of dance when you look at it from a cultural and ritual and uh, you know history especially in tribal and indigenous cultures dance was always about ritualized celebration it's not reserved for those people who are trying to win a trophy or a medal or a ribbon it is it is a part of the human uh, you know it's it's a part of human expression and it and and despite the fact that some you know, people don't feel dance inclined and they're very intimidated by dance to have a non-competitive activity that invites every child to the experience, regardless of their ability or interest is, uh-huh. is what makes it so well, such a welcoming experience. And that, that to me is, is really the hallmark of the experience. The kids rotate one to the next and suddenly like a kid will be dancing with someone that maybe they don't necessarily like in class or or haven't had the chance to really, you know, interrelate with. Yeah. And so and suddenly they're dancing a few steps with them. Because, oh, one of the things I, I didn't finish saying before was the other reason we call it SIX, Ballroom Base Six, is for the six steps of the box step. You know, because we mm. teach them we teach them a box step as, as the basic step in a waltz or a foxtrot. And so, you know, these, um, uh, you, you know, that's, that, that, so, so, so the part, and the, and the reason I make it about basics is because I also want to make the experience less intimidating. I mean, we, we all know how intimidated people are by tango. I mean, it's, 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 it's extraordinarily intimidating to so many people. And so uh, really my experience with the children in the schools is like, it's, it's on the opposite end of the spectrum of Mm -hmm. just giving, giving people simple coordinated movement to share and watch how the, you know, dynamic, of the classroom changes, the social fabric, the, the social landscape. Sid, you know, so that's what it's all about. Would you agree? Sid, you should Sorry. call it Ballroom Basic, Base 36. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad joke. Actually, Sorry. actually, but no, but you know what? It's actually so funny that you're saying that because now the numerology, because we three and three is six, and we're talking about Ballroom Basics. And I'm numerologically neurotic, so here we go. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off, Chico. I just wanted to throw that joke in there real quick so you can go back to being serious. I didn't even understand your joke. The 38th episode 36, Ballroom Basics. Six squared is 36. Thank you, Candy. <laughs> I know, I know. But I didn't get it right away. I'm That's sorry. Okay. I think I was focused on my own question. Um, no, I was going to say, like, uh, would you agree, like, when I watched Mad Hot Ballroom, I think was the name of the documentary yes. that your program was included in, that I got a really clear idea of, like, how, what you're doing and what it's bringing to this 
these children's lives and so I, these communities. <clears throat> I, I, I thank you for that. I do want to clarify one thing for our, our listeners. Um, so when I was in Bad Hot Ballroom, that's when I was still a part of the uh, other program that sadly, in, in my opinion, um, is it, it, it's based on the competition. In fact, that movie follows oh, the three school. The, yeah, it follows the three schools from their very first classes to that culminating event, which is the competition. And what set, the reason I had to leave that program, uh, I was, is because the the whole the whole point is if you've got a hundred kids experiencing something and then you're going to tell a hundred kids only ten of you are going to be picked to be on the mm. team, what are you doing right there? You're you're you're, you're what you're taking this wonderfully inclusive dynamic and suddenly you're creating the popular kids who get who make the team and then the unpopular ones yeah. who don't. And yeah. so in my program, which people be. I hope very interested to find out our culminating event is called a ballroom basics bash where we literally bring together two schools in a district that don't know one another and and and, and students have to go up to a student from the other school and extend their hand nice. and say may i have this may i have this nice. dance with you please and then and and by the way we we craft consent into the reply so the the the, the eight word response is yes you may and thank you for asking and then they're invited onto the circle. Now, I mean, think about it. I don't know many adults who could even do that. So the fact that you're giving a child a, a way to, to hone his or her social skills through dance, and that every child gets to participate in this culminating event, like to me, that is essential. I was uh, absolutely essential. No, that's amazing. I was walking in the yeah. park Thank the you. other day, and I heard these two little children talking about like we're gonna race we're gonna race i'm gonna win and the the there was two mothers and they were both like i'm assuming I, I i'm assuming it was two mothers and they were why don't you just run and have fun and not make it a competition and the two boys were like well blah 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 you know and then and then the mothers could, said a little more and then they started running and then the one said i'm gonna race and the other one said no we're not we're not racing anymore we're just having fun now <laughs> <laughs> and i was like wow that's amazing like those kids got it like, so we're not racing anymore we're it. just having fun now <laughs> i thought that was beautiful that's that is that is beautiful I, you know i do want to make I'm, one thing you... really... oh, oh yes my sorry please 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 no, please por, sorry, por favor. Oh, wow. such a lovely, that's a lovely new way of raising kids. Yeah, I thought it was really great. Thank, thank, thank Well, the one thing I do want to make clear, though, is I, it's not that I'm anti-competition. It's about the fact that an experience doesn't need to be deliberately layered with competition to make it work. In other words, if a child elects to compete or a child chooses to compete in something that they're passionate about, by all means, let that child compete. But to bring a program into a school and say, and guess what happens at the end? A competition. And some of you are gonna make the team and some of you aren't. Like to me, that doesn't work. And yeah. that's my, you know, that's my mm -hmm. opinion. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And I've completely forgotten. I mean, I watched the documentary such a long time ago, and the competition part didn't even stick with me in a way. So uh, I'm glad I cry with that. that. 
And, and, and one, one of the, so there's a laugh line in the movie that, that one, of, one of the other teaching artists says. And even though it gets a laugh, when you think about it, when you think about what it really means, it's like, man, that's really, it's really sad. But he, he basically said, says, second place is the first loser. What? Yeah. Wow. And, well, and, and I'm th- glad you're changing this to a different, you've changed it into a different format and taken away that part. It's, it's really brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that a lot. What did you say, Marcelo? I'm sorry, I missed that. Yeah, Marcelo. No, I was saying that this is amazing and, and what... I'm so proud to and um, to be your friend and to know that you're doing such a beautiful, beautiful work that established this relationship and ideas in kids, because this is the way that we learn and then they will transmit to another person, they will transmit to another person that is like a snowball and congratulations. And if you need any help, anybody to, 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 to do it, I will, I will be lovely to collaborate in any way. That I can. Oh, thank you, thank you. I would love to. I would love to have your collaboration. Tenes muy buena onda, por favor, por favor, señor. Más o menos, tampoco, más o menos. Well, it's actually. So I have a new question. Okay. I, oh, yeah. I was just Go gonna ahead, say, Adam. and then please ask the question, Chico. I was gonna say it's a good lineup we have tonight because Marcelo's gonna start shortly with some interactive, musical, non-competitive things for us to join him with. So I'm, I'm, it's, a nice, it's a nice tandem we have I'm tonight excited. between Sydney and Marcella. But please ask the question, Chico. So, Sid, you have a twin. What I are do. What the advantages and disadvantages of having a twin? That is a very uh, easy question to answer. Uh, the advantage of being a twin is that you have someone with your genetic makeup and so built into your life experience is someone who always understands you uh and someone who you know you're familiar with with him he's familiar with you uh so there's an element of companionship and support uh on the flip side there is an element of 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 competition and uh (laughs) conflict from time yeah that's what i wondered (laughs) this question came up i was wondering like you were gonna say competition yeah i mean they're def we definitely competed academically and artistically with one another um you know over the years um but the the disadvantage from a standpoint of your uh upbringing is especially if you're an identical twin like i am um you're you really don't have your own identity um you're and it's not that your friends uh deliberately treat you like as a pair or a unit it's just by default Mm. like i i remember so many times like people would come come up to me like in the hallway and they'd be like, hey, hey, Russ. And I'm like, no, it's Sid. And they'd be like, oh, same thing. And I'm thinking, it's not really? the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my own person. It's not the same thing. <laughs> Did he, does he dance too? You know, growing up, uh, my brother was actually the better dancer of the two of us. And then his life took somewhat of a different trajectory. And... Um, I, you know, stayed on a very artistic path, even though I did go into the corporate working world uh, for about a decade. Um, 
but was always always doing something artistic evenings and weekends like that was just my uh like i couldn't not do it um but but we will still dance like a hustle together from time to time and um i'm hoping one day to you know i'll be able to teach him a few a few i love the steps. uh the bit you guys did and i'm sure you do it a lot oh my god the, the one uh oh or, our, the, the me and my yeah, yeah yeah that's so funny if you guys were yeah, if you guys we, check youtube for sid grant um me and my shadow it's it's cute very cute. <laughs> yeah, we've been do- we've been doing that since we were about I can imagine. High, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> once once you you said put your picture with your brother, right? And I swear for, I swear I, I I think I drink something that day. So I was like checking on Facebook and then I saw you both and I said, oh, shit, I'm so drunk. <laughs> this is what I thought for- <laughs> Well the funny thing the funny thing about the Macaron Arena, um, when because I did it at my brother's. I quarantined for about a month at my brother's. In my brother lives in Memphis, Tennessee, and um, when the kids in the schools and and some of the teachers as well, when they see the Baccarone Arena video on YouTube, they think that it's a special effect. They think <laughs> like the, the the videographer like duplicated me and did it <laughs> and. and and they're like, you don't really have a twin. That was like trick photography. I'm like, no, I really have a twin. I'm like, no, I really have a twin. Now you have to double that up so there's four of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. That will, I will freak out. Of ballroom basics, you told me earlier you have to. You have an early day tomorrow. You have to be up. I do. Are, are you still so going to be doing that, even though the schools are shutting down? Well, we fortunately we have. Uh, I'm going to plug a one of my fabulous friends and teaching artists who's been working for me with me for about a year now, Alfredo Melendez. Oh yeah, I know him. I, 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 you you know Alfredo. Yeah. So Al- Alfredo and I co-created uh, with the help of Zoe. You, you mm-hmm. also know mm-hmm. Zoe, who's been work, who's actually my most senior teaching artist. She's been with me for almost 10 years. It's amazing. Um, but we all co-created a virtual uh, learning platform. And it's really actually quite lovely because, you know, we, we get the parents and kids dancing together with one another wow. at home. And oh, you that's know, awesome. It's really awesome. Like you'll see a dad come into the room and suddenly like he'll grab his daughter and like do the moves. That, and and, and it's just so heartwarming because we all know how much stress and pressure there is in some homes because, you know, whoever expected we'd be quarantining for, you know, so five, long, six yeah. months. So Five, six I, months? Where have you been? It's almost been a year. <laughs> yeah. I, 36 I, I episodes, kid. We're, we're close to 50. I, we are going to reach. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're going to reach 52. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's only sixteen. So yeah, so I do. I I do have a virtual class in the morning, so you can kick me to the curb, and I will. I will. I will politely and professionally say good night and goodbye and good riddance. And <laughs> I think we got to three questions, guys. That's not that's, bad. That's, that's success. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I love this. Well, thank you, Sid. Wait, wait, wait. It's great to catch up with you again. Sorry, I lost myself. It's it's really great. It's really great. I can't to catch wait up to come visit you, you in Cleveland you too, me. man. Because I, I I 
normally I get home like every two or three months. So I want to come see your place. I can't I'm, wait. I'm happy. I'm honored you yeah. moved to my city, uh, my hometown at least. And, and, um, and I can't wait till next summer, man. I, I'm so excited for the marathon. You have no oh, idea. Oh, yeah. No, we're doing it. I mean, I, I really have – I'm sure – that this is, I, I really believe like the vaccine happen. is coming out and, and yes, vaccine by yeah. summertime, it won't, it might not be as international. Marcelo seems so enthusiastic. Like, about the um, yeah, anywho, yeah. So, so, so big abrazos a todos, uh, amigo. man. Uh, Cine, you need to do it in uh, Spanish, uh, the Macarena, man. He does, you, he need, does. you will have a success. No, there's. It says that there is Spanish. It says, Dale tu cuerpo a la macarona arena. Says, Pies de distancia es una casa buena. Yes, but not in six feet. I'm saying for the Latin American countries that we don't understand six feet. This is American shit that nobody understands. That we in normal measure, metric met for England, Europe. You don't understand? Dos metres, dos metres. Six feet, what does it mean, six feet? They were talking about what, what six feet? I'll try, I'll, I'll try my best to get Ricky Martin to do it. <laughs> there you are. You are Ricky Martin to me, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. Listen, good night. Have a wonderful rest of your night, and thank you again thank for you having did. me. And we'll, we'll get Thanks to those two other questions. All right. Thank you so much. Bye, Love Good you night, all. Bye. Love, Good night. Also Bye. Going... Love you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So, Audrey, you can't leave. I, I was gonna say I think I'm gonna have to follow Sid's lead and leave, but um, if you want, I can stay for a little bit longer. Well, my is gonna do some fun stuff now, so you can't. Okay. Do we need okay. more. We need to ask her. Maybe she needs to wake up early tomorrow. That's why we cannot keep her here but forever. Marcella, Marcella, yeah, do true. we need more callers for this? Do we need more participants? Well, no, everybody who is in the in the stuff and ask them to call in after, maybe. I don't know what the plan is, so I don't know. Oh. Marcella's lead. I don't know. I I like this song choice, Adam. <laughs> I, I did such a beautiful conversation with Sid, guys. Congratulations, amazing. I couldn't stop listening and, and, and wanted to participate. Lovely, lovely ideas, lovely subjects. And Audrey, as well, what you got about the improvisation and how to. Nurture that is Thank you, thank you. Yeah, this is something I'm working as well in, 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 in companies and trying to do some programs. And there is a lot of places and a lot of play, uh, room to grow in that, uh, this concept of uh, learning to adapt to new ideas as fast as we can without holding some preconcepts that we had before. And and it's interesting and, and something I want to share. Like this is the nerd, nerdy part before going to the exercise. Uh, I was listening to a neuroscience talk, and in this neuroscience, they noticed that there is two kind of brains, mostly the brains that they are wired in a way that are more 
needed of, of structures in order to learn the stuff and other brains that are more li uh, liberals brain we can call it more uh, uh, brains that are more open to new ideas and is, is something really interesting to discover and discover patterns in the brain work why some people needs more more people need more structure in order to learn or other people are escaping from the structure to learn and it's as well it's not just a spiritual as well a biology I, I, <laughs> silence I put in silence everybody I love that <laughs> you can put you can put the song now I can hi I... <laughs> <laughs> and, and and tango is, is beautiful because I think that tango one of the dances that has room for these two kind of brains so people who learn to who want to learn steps and movement and and steps and other that you just to improvise. Mm -hmm. and I agree with mm, that. That's true. I love yeah. that. I mean, for me, it was it reaches out to a bigger group. I mean, for me, it was important to know some steps in the beginning, something to do. I loved I loved um, working with Shori a long time ago. Excuse me. And she was like, "Do the eight counts, do the salida for the whole song, but then dance the, dance it and make it interesting to the music." So we danced to Carnival de Mi Barrio, and I was confined to this pattern. And I just made each step identify with whichever part of the music, melody, rhythm, bass, whatever, bridge, you know. Um, and it was such a relief. I, I didn't have to think about the, the, the steps anymore. I just had to think about how I was dancing to the music. Mm -hmm. Well, do you also remember like whenever we would teach... And at the end of the class, we had to demonstrate we'd be limited to the vocabulary that we taught because we wanted to show variations with that vocabulary. And I would always tell Adam, like, it's like we should do this when we perform. We should say, all right, Bexicata. this performance Bexicata. is about this Bexicata. <laughs> <laughs> the world-famous Adam by <laughs> Like, if we limit ourselves, uh, we might get more creative yeah, in a way. There um, was actually a weekend where I was in Seattle, and uh, I'm sure you, you might have met them before, but Erin and Daruk was, were mm -hmm. teaching, like, a um, workshop. And literally everything they taught um, in the two classes right before they had to perform was the only stuff that they used in the performance. Mm. And so it was interesting because everyone who took the class understood what was that, going on and everyone right. who didn't. Like, mm -hmm. they kind of got it, but they didn't get it to the level that the people who took the class did. So it was it was interesting because they, they were able to, to then show us the variety you could have across, like, even three songs with concepts mm -hmm. learned in, like, two classes. The best, Keith, nice. so I'm not sure if you follow jazz or... You know, but one of the best concerts ever, one of the best concerts, considered the best concerts by Keith Jarrett was the Cologne concert, the Cologne concert. And uh, the, apparently the half of like the piano was broken and he's in a, he's like in a stadium, oh, wow. like, you know, not like Wembley, but, you know, sort of. Yeah, it's big. And he comes, he sits down and the piano doesn't work. 
And he's like, and he's an improviser. So he's wow. like, what the fuck? And it's considered one of his best shows ever because he was, he was st- stuck in these little parts of the piano and he had to create from that. And um, I, I do agree that, yeah, it's, it's, I tend to going back to Chico's point, like, and I'm not sure if other leaders on the call or listening have the same problem I do, but I tend to try to do maybe not so much anymore, but when I have too many options, I don't know what to do. And as, as somebody Mm -hmm. who has a lot of, um, when I can do, and now that I can do many options, I, I, I tend to, yeah, I would prefer to have limited options and then get creative within them because then I think you really see more depth of, of things similar to what we were talking with um sydney before yeah mm-hmm. hi guys hey carol hello hi, oh my god carol is here <laughs> okay, I, what i wanted to say is like i am um, like what you're saying adam like how limitations can sometimes inspire creativity or or uh make it make a situation more um uh, more possible for creativity I, I and it made me think yeah, of this fantastic too. video on youtube of i think it's it, it's nick and rebecca and it's probably after a class you know when they're doing sort of like the demonstration but the 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 challenge in the video is that he can only lead her in front steps have you ever seen that one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no do do a search next time on Re- rebecca and, and nick and, it, and it's incredible. Hmm. And there's also another video where Nick is performing with Diana, who has an injured foot. Mm-hmm. And he only leads her on one foot the whole time. Wow. Well, with Chico and I, I actually saw that Chico live. and I had a similar experience at one of Dragon's Milongas. We had to, I, I wouldn't call it a performance necessarily, it was like a demo, but she couldn't cross. Like she couldn't do the normal cross. She had a, a tear. Uh, what was it, Chico? The. I had a, I have a labrum tear on my hip and it was really bothering me for a while. So I was asking Adam not to leave. Not to leave the cross. Nor the classical Normal. cross because we are, we always cross that way and I was trying to get my hip to balance. So I was always asking to and, um, the opposite. Well, well, actually, it wasn't, I, I believe now, now that I remember, it wasn't um that night that we were performing but it was that night that she first told me about it and then for months and months afterwards every time we danced or we did perform i couldn't my favorite thing to lead is the cross so it was so interesting for me to have to challenge myself and get creative and work around this this little detail of the of dancing which is the cross it was it was really interesting and it was amazing. Like I would feel him like start leading it, and <laughs> no, I was, he would I was change. Like, he would change. So it, it became so creative because there was a lot of like uncrossing of the cross in a way because the lead had started, but then it just turned into this surprise for me because he remembered not to do it and well, came up with you know something, something about. Going back to the conversation we have with Sid comparing tango to other dances is in tango, we have to be very deliberate 
I think that's what really creates a very interesting interaction. And in other dances, we go through motions, but it's not as deliberate. And in speaking yes. of like, you know, if, 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 if the cross was just something you did all the time in tango, which it is, um, I mean, I, I'm curious to talk to somebody like Stephanie or, you know, some of our friends who are professionals in other dance forms. Like, if you couldn't do this one particular move, would the dance completely fall apart? You know, um, like, I don't know. But it was it was so it was so interesting for me to not be able to lead the cross on you for for quite a while and to adapt in the process of already leading it. Cause my mind wasn't even thinking about it. I was just going there because that's just what I would do. And then uh -huh. have to be aware, like snap into it, like, Oh, boom, consciousness. So, yeah, and it was, and it was also one of the patterns, right. Of like, if there was a syllabus, it would be part of the syllabus that you were sort of breaking. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. That's a good point. Um, I will I will copy what you just said. The liberty and the unknown sounds. Liberty and what sounds? Delivery in the unknown, in tango because yes. tango is impro yes. improvisation and it's true. We need to be delivery, clear the message, mm. but in an unknown context. Mm. Yeah. So Marcella, where are you, what what is our journey? Where are you taking us this evening? We are going to go to that journey, delivery <laughs> in the unknown. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. I mean, uh, I don't know if you just read my mind because everything that we were talking, uh, you guys were talking with Audrey, with Sydney. Now that Carol is here, it's lovely that as well because uh, she knows many, many ideas. So it will be fun to, to hear what she thinks about this. It is linked what I'm going to try to, to play with you guys. So first, I need everybody to get involved, even the people who is in the in the chat. So because I need your brains and I need your emotions, I need your hearings, I need your words, I need your sensations. So I need you all to to do what I'm planning to do. Let's see what's go. And I want to say, Are you with me, guys? I, I want to say one thing. It's it's exciting because Marcelo's mind is always working and creating in any time like then we're in covid and he's like we're gonna do a class where we watch videos we have students and we examine the videos and we do exercises or now with the podcast i was like do you have anything interesting you'd like to propose and and immediately he's like i have so many ideas that i want to bring to your podcast like <laughs> and boom it was and i'm like we're in week 36 i'm running out of ideas like i don't know what to do um maybe I should step away. And then he's just like, Oh, Oh buddy, come on, let's do this. And so I'm, I'm <laughs> thankful. I'm grateful. Um, I'm, I, I love working with other people. Chico, of course, all the time, all these years, everybody who brings, um, all their energy and Marcelo right now. Thank you for, for this. And it's always inspiring. So let's, let's do it. I'm, I'm... Let's do it. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Thank you for giving me the chance as well to try something and all of you guys are guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, piggy. This is something that is it, it, it's not my, my idea 100%. It is inspired by two, two of our talks in uh, Tango Spheres. One is uh, Marina uh, Kenny that she brought the concept of music 
Another is uh, Amy, Amy Soler has well, brought some really interesting ideas. So I need to first, let's go with this common concept, right? To, to understand the game. The game is we are going to try to go through uh, listening one particular song that uh, Adam will play. From that song, you will notice that all of us, we are going to find something particular that called attention to us. So pay attention in yourself. What of this uh, in this song called attention to, to you? Musically, rhythmically, melodically, whatever it is, just put in the chat. Oh, let me know uh, now that you are uh, here, like Audrey and Carol. And then we are going to find other one word uh, as a representation of the emotion that song, that sound bring to you. Why I'm saying this? Because something that Marina said in the talk, something beautiful blew my mind. She said, music doesn't exist. When she said that, I thought, what the hell is he talking about? And she said, if you pay attention, music is simple, the interpretation that each person has about synth sound. Hmm. And it's <laughs> simple. Okay. I mean, yeah. if there is any kind of sound, for some people that sound will sound music, and for other people will not sound like music. So more people will sound melodic, for other people will sound uh, rhythmically. So what is music itself? Just the interpretation of what we are hearing. Mm -hmm. That is something interesting. Another thing that other thing that she said it is something to or something about that that the thing that I said before, right? Generally, we expect that the other person listen what we are listening. And at the same time, we need to be trained and learn to accept that another person will listen something different that we are listening. And that is okay, because that is what our brain, spirit, experience, uh, and our features in our, uh, as, a, as, a, as a biological broad. Some people hear really high tones more than low tones, and that is fine. And, and if we start to work in that path, we are going to have a blast dancing because we are going to get open to be surprised for different kind of musicality because every person will bring its own musicality because it is equal to its own interpretation. That makes sense what I'm saying, guys? Are you following me? Yes, beautiful. Yes. So when we listen to the song, are we just listening or are we dancing? First, what we are going to do, we are going to play the song I, for me, it's one of my favorites. At the same time, it's simple because it doesn't have so many instruments first, right? And I love that. I, I know that all of you, you will love the song, which listening now, who will listen now and who are in the chat. So what we are, I will ask you to do, it is just calm, relax, whatever you are, and just listen to the song and write, please, what instrument do you hear? What is the instrument that brought your attention the most? Make sense, guys? Are you with me? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's go, Adam, all yours.
I love it. This is the I part. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, every instrument that you hear, save it for yourself. And you will notice that some of you, you change the instruments according to whatever happened. Other of us, uh, other, or, or, all of you uh, as well here, just one instrument as a main bass. That is fine. And here's, this is the marina stock in, 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 in Tango Spears. And I'm making the bridge with uh, Amy's talk. Amy's talk show us in, in, the, in her talk something beautiful. She said that tango has had something different than other kind of songs. She said that tango is a, is a, is a, is a genre that has different kind of rhythms, that the rhythm change. It is not like the salsa, like it like has a rhythm and goes forever. Makes sense that different kind of layers, but as well has a common common uh, uh, rhythmic base. In tango, you have the four four, the four two, and the syncopa two. This is, I'm giving you like a little bit resume what you said, right? So, in my case, I will use myself as example, right? I noticed that I am a really rhythmical person. So when I listen to the song, I cannot escape the guitar because the guitar is giving me the bass. There is one talking, other person will choose another one. And she said, Amy said that there is, in tango as well, there is another important layer with the melodic, the melody, the melodic layer, I think that she called it. I, I hope that I'm quoting her correctly. And if you notice in the, in the song, you will fly with the melodic too. Make sense what I'm saying, guys? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. Whatever you hear, it is fine. Perfect. Now we are going to listen to the song once more, and now noticing what of these two layers is more appealing to your taste. If you are a rhythmic person or you are a melodic person, and please share it with the, in the chat once more. Oh, but before we go there, Marcelo, can you um, maybe talk about the comments that came up because uh, people listening after tonight will not be able to see the comments. So the three instruments that we heard that came up in the chat, uh, would you like to bring that up briefly before we listen Yes, some people there would say, I, for instance, I choose guitar, Carol went from piano to harmonica, other people choose uh, harmonica too. One people say the guitar with the books with the strings, and that is something interesting. That is an interesting instrument. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said mouth harp. I think that's <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> is a mouth harp a harmonica? Is, yeah. is yeah, just yeah. another word yeah, yeah. for it? Or is it different? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what you call it down and, south. Perfect. Well, and, and, well, and I, I know I, I know the answer for the next one already. I know what I am. Yeah, me too. But there is this is uh, before we go there, Carol. I want to mention that, mm -hmm. and I think it's okay that you're not only sticking to one instrument throughout the song. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Or one idea, and that's why some of us were jumping from one to the other yeah. while we were listening. Uh, because at that moment of the song, maybe one of the instruments or one of the other ideas took over more. So when sure. we listen now, we can also, when we 
picky for more melodic or rhythmic, we can pay attention to that as and well. And thank you, Chico. Exactly. Thank you, Chico, for the save. Marcelo, look yeah. at your WhatsApp. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and I will play the song. Thank you. Uh-oh, what's up? Come on, come on. Uh-oh. Um, um, oh, there we go, there we go, there we go. One second. It's coming. Nope. Nope. Come on, buddy. Not that song. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I love this song. I saw a performance of Roberto Herrera in the choreography doing this song and it blew my mind. So if you guys want to check it out, go to YouTube, Roberto Herrera, El Churón. It's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. It's and like sort of shot from above, right? If I remember right. Yes. It's, it's, the video. Yes. it's like a little, yeah. It's really cool. That. Okay, guys, now, sorry. I just see one comment. I am curious, like Soledad, you wrote, I can't. What does that mean? <laughs> well, she was trying to dance with her feet. Oh, I see. Uh, Inside okay. my feet are dancing. Yes, exactly. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, now stand up. Everybody stand up, find a place to where you're going to move. Like nobody's watching you. Because <laughs> nobody is watching you. <laughs> you're in your pajama, it's fine. You're in your whatever you are, you're nude, it's fine too. Just Hold on, how up. did you know? <laughs> I thought nobody was watching. <laughs> stand up, find a place to, 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 to move, and now validate what you just learned about yourself, that you are that kind of person that is, is more driven for that kind of instrument or for that kind of instruments or for that kind of melody or rhythmic. It makes sense what I'm saying? Just yes. listen to the song and move in any way, in any form, validating which is, you, you just love to hear in the music. Let's do it once more, Adam, please. 
chickens, baby. Now, you can move your feet now, huh? <laughs> Lovely. Now, here comes the challenge, guys. Are you ready for the challenge? Yes. It is linked to what the others say. How do we, knowing that our brain or our taste or our uh, emotion is driven for this kind of sound, how we can include now the, the sound that we are not naturally driven to. For instance, in my case, I notice in my case that I love the guitar because it gives me the rhythm. So I can play a lot inside of this guitar forever. And some of you, as I said, you, you were mentioned, you jump from one of the other, right? You go from the, mm -hmm. from the sound, from the music, from, sorry, from the guitar, from the piano, the piano goes to the harmonica. So this is more melodic too. So let's do the opposite. In my case, I will try to dance the melodic. Starting to escape my safe place of the guitar because it's something that I love. And you, in your case, guys, try to stick, for instance, the person that who, who went jumping from one instrument to the other, choose one. And just try to deliberately stick with that sound and move your to that sound. Your if you picked piano. No, no, if you pick piano, you can do, I mean, when the piano is moving, you can do whatever, and then you still, and you're still moving in that moment until you wait the piano, the piano will come. Uh, piano doesn't come back, does it come back? <laughs> yeah, it comes back, it comes back a couple of times. Let's try, make sense what I'm saying in the game, guys? Okay, I'm yes. going to try, I'm yeah. going to try. Let's do it, let's do it intentionally, guys, intentionally. Well, I You're right, the piano doesn't come back. The piano doesn't come back. <laughs> I always go for the harmonica, man. I, I just love that harmonica. 
yeah. I can't. I always want to start with the guitar because it's such a safe place to start. But the minute harmonica comes on, it just takes over. So I need to force myself to go back to guitar to calm down. Yes, in my case as well, I can I cannot escape the guitar because I, I go to the want to go to harmonica for instance or go to uh, like the melody, but I can no I need to come back. So that is the challenge now. So instead of doing it, we are going to just listening again and doing the same exercise that you just did. So it means we know that all of us we are driven for certain kind of music or sound in the music, correct? So let's try first to focus in the other layer that we are not paying too much attention to, if that makes sense what I'm saying. Just stand it. Just a mind, mind brain, brain work, if that makes sense what I'm saying. Let's try, let's go. Yes. One more. I don't know your ultimate experience. My experience, my brain is like moving inside, like changing from one layer to the other. And it's like really massage in one way. And <laughs> everything makes a sense. Like what, what I was paying attention before now has an extra flavor because I am patient with something else that's around. I don't know. This is my experience. How is yours? Um, for me, I like stuck to the guitar this time because it's always doing the same thing. And I felt like super calm. And then I felt like the way that I was ignoring the melody of the harmonica and sticking to that rhythm made me feel more down in the way I moved. And I just started thinking about different things. So with the, with the melody, like I was trying to interpret the way the melody was had ups and downs and syncopations with just sticking to the rhythm made me focus more on how can I stick to the ground more? Like, what can I do to, like, be part of the ground? I don't know. That's where I went. <clears throat> I'm still, uh, I was just listening to the harmonica and 
I'm trying to imagine if if I could lead that or if I could just give my dan- my partner the freedom to dance it the way it, it sounds and and um, cuz like the the part you know towards the end like you know I'm like I want to be the 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 peacock you know I want to do that as the leader but then I'm like well what is she going to do so um how can i how can i give her that expression of the music you know i, I, I but uh, fundamentally that's where i am I'm, I'm much more into that that part of the that side of the song perfect so now as a fin- finishing guys uh, carol are there something to share um so i go ahead carol you can go no first. no no go ahead no, so um, one of the comments that I made earlier is it, it's really interesting, but I recently got some turntables and this is one of the songs I got on vinyl and I had to really like force myself to stop trying to compare it to the other version that I've been listening to so much because mm-hmm. like without some of those pops and crackles and kind of rustic quality of the vinyl, like it feels like there's something missing. So I had to almost close my eyes to really pay attention to the exercise to like get into it in a way where I really could just listen to the song and, and try my best not to pay attention to anything else. Congratulations. So you're, that's so a good job. The, I know what you mean. Are you saying that the vinyl has more pops to it? Is that what you're saying? It, it, it has like a richness that's hard to explain, right, right. but it like, but because it has like these other textures and part of it is because it's like so much older and, and mm-hmm. also I'm still like playing mm-hmm. with it and, and like it doesn't feel as, I don't know how to say this, I guess sanitized as like right. a digital recording feels like. Yeah. So there's like a bit of character, especially when you think of something like a harmonica that is so like, I don't know, down south in texas <laughs> that that is like missing now when I listen to it in a digital format. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I yeah, totally can kind of and yeah. um yeah. We should talk about uh, vinyls and wine once we're done with uh with our our segment here before we we close up. Oh, sure. So Marcella, what's next? Well, no, Carol. Carol. Oh, I'm sorry, Carol. That, yeah. No, no, no. What I was going to say is that if I just followed the piano or the or the harmonica, which would have been my tendency. You know, I feel like I'm dancing kind of thing. And then if I tried to discipline myself and just follow the more rhythmical, uh, basic sound of like the guitar and everything, I feel I like I'm dancing the way I would be dancing when someone leaves me. What do you mean? Because, That's interesting. Right, because people tend to normally lead you on the on on um, just the rhythm. Yeah, and it's not that um, it's unpleasant, or and it's not that I like it less. It's just different than the, the way I saw it in the beginning. I'm not saying yeah. one is better or, or worse. Than exactly. Yeah, it made me feel like I could be dancing with someone also less experienced mm-hmm. and uh, keeping it simple. And uh, like having that choice in a way mm-hmm. and not getting overwhelmed by the melody. I did not do one ocho cortado just dancing no, to I'm the guitar. Just kidding, no, Chico. it was very strange. 
I know, but that I'm just thinking about it now. I don't know if you did, Carol, but I felt no, like... no, no, no. I was just doing yeah. the, the six count basing from before. <laughs> that is lovely. Something really interesting that uh, I can share with uh, with the remark that Adam said about how, if I remember, say you said uh, how I will lead something if I'm hearing this, right? I'm, I'm thinking how do I lead that element of the music? Did I hear correctly? Yes, that's what I was saying. Or or give yes, freedom to or give freedom to inspire it to happen. I mean, I don't know if you can actually lead that. Yes. Super super point. And and, and I'm sharing this golden secret for everybody who's listening as a leader perspective. And and it's not my secret. And not I swear, I would love to remember who told me that. I think it was Dean Sir, my teacher, my main teacher. He said how do you want to lead something if you didn't feel in your body first? <laughs> so yeah. I suggest I suggest to whatever you are thinking, any of us that we are planning, right? How we can transmit somebody what we want to do if we cannot do it in our own bodies, if we don't feel it or digest it first or chew it first. So this exercise, I invite you to do that. What I mean now as a final exercise, it is the following. Let's try to jump for the common movement that we are used to do, and then choose a moment where we jump to the uncommon things that we are used to do, and then come back. But purposely, not because I give up, or because I got tired, or because they call, no, 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 I chose that I'm doing something that I like, and I choose now to do something that I'm not used to do, or listen to. And then when I choose, chance change to the other movement that I'm not used to. Make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, so we have to be deliberate about our choices. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's try. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think we lost Adam. <laughs> <They saw. laughs> he went to smoke something, motherfucker. <laughs> Potato, I love your comment. I love your comment, Potato. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I want to share that while we're waiting for Adam. Um, what? The, where was that? I am trying to find. She said, because I have the melody and the harmonica so much, I love the melody and the harmonica so much. I was actually really surprised that the rhythmic guitar is really steady throughout. But to only dance, that made me feel like I was missing out. So by the end, I was adding back in melodics highlights while trying to move in the room more rhythmically and i i love that it's it's true yeah. like carol did you feel that too like you were yeah, missing yeah. out <laughs> no well I, I mean i didn't i don't think i'm i'm not disciplined to have stayed with it really only you know i uh -huh. tried in the beginning and then i was like more playing with the rhythm so yeah, I think it's it's natural. You can't just stick with yeah. that. I, uh, not a metronome. metronome. There, I, there think, I think I lost connection. Yeah, yeah uh -huh. I lost you, Adam. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I can't play the song anymore. Oh, no. no. I can't pull it out on my... Sharon, uh, Sharon, we need Sharon computer. here. Where is Sharon? Where is, where is the... Where is, where is the producer here? Yeah. I think I can play from my computer, Adam. Hold on. Somehow my uh, microphone and computer is not working all of a sudden. I have it here. 
if you guys give me a second, check, check. I will play it. You want me to play it? All right, here we go. Let me know how this sounds. Um, and then, hold on, it's not sounding at all, right? There we are, thank you. Okay, I go back to the beginning. Here we go. Is it loud enough? Yeah. Okay. So, delivery. Oh my God. Oh my God. Sorry. I'm so stupid. I was on mute. I was on mute. I was like, I didn't start the song. How did the song start? I can do that now. All right. Thank you. I don't know you guys, but and now re coming back the sensation of, oh, I have a control and I can jump from one to the other feels awesome. Yeah, I love it. It also like made me feel like which parts of the melody do I want to emphasize so that the other parts I can go to the rhythm that made me play like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Adam, don't put yourself in mute. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the, the thing is, like, every week or two, Podbean changes where they put their buttons on this thing, and, and I'm drunk, and that's not my fault. So uh, I blame Podbean and <laughs> President it's Trump and, and um, all sorts of other things for my problems. But, you know, that's it. Oh, look, no, it's very I agree with you, Chico. Thank you. I think being deliberate in your dance is one of the best lessons I ever learned a long time ago from a teacher of mine. And and maintaining that control and focus. And you've, you've also given us that a lot, Marcelo. I remember one time... I don't know if you remember this, but we were we came to we were practicing performing in front of you, and we came to the there was some space. Chico, do you remember where that space was? Was it in Centelmo? Where, where where was this? Uh, it was. Who was performing, Marcelo? No, we were. 
learning how to perform from Marcelo, and we were we went to a studio. Oh yes, it was. In and San it was Domo. like the back of another. We had to like enter a space and then go through a garden and then go through a back room down a flight of stairs, and it was a hundred. Ah, mariposita. Out. It was so hot. Mariposita. Mariposita. <laughs> and it was so hot, and we were, and it was like one o'clock in the afternoon, and we were already up all night the night before, and we get there, and we dance in front of you, and you were like, just like yelling, not you know, obviously not angrily, but just like, coaching Come on, us, move, move, you're performing, don't stop, just, just get in, you know, like practice like you're on the stage. And it, it was more like don't give up because there would be moments where we would get in and then there would be moments where we would almost give up. I yeah, think, we would, I would just get fucking the tired. Song with like... <laughs> <laughs> and we had like, it was like a two or three hour private lesson with you and you were just like, you know, just hammering at us, hammering at us. And uh, it was great. It was great. It was, it was just like very, everything had to be deliberate. Uh, your breath, your your movement your connection your intention you know everything yeah yeah, awesome. yeah that is so much and, fun uh, and, and that is something yes sorry. no but that's what it's you know that's what we're focusing on right now like it's easy to get carried away with the guitar and the simple rhythm um or just the melody or, or but it's well the melody is the harmonica but it's hard to stay there it's like meditating you know, it's like meditation. You, you start to focus on your breathing and then immediately you're racking your head and then you focus back on your breathing and then you're back in your head. Uh, that's like Hugo Diaz in a nutshell for me. <laughs> <laughs> for you guys, Audrey, Carol? No, I, I don't know. I'm getting confused. I'm, I, it, it's hard for me to... I drift. I drift a lot. Mm. It's hard for me to sort of stay... Um, it's hard for me to be consciously in in charge of. I, does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I totally. Do That's Absolutely. what I was talking about. Very. Yeah. <laughs> but you were drifting. Okay. You fell asleep. I was last, drifting while you were it, talking. Two weeks ago. No, no. <laughs> oh, you mean like in a way like you're not making choices, but you're. Bodies. I find it. Over. I find it difficult. Yeah, to stay enough. Uh, mentally uh, in charge of the situation to make the choices. Like I'll say I'm going to make the choices and then I realize I didn't make the choice. I just went with it. Mm. And then I try to pull myself to a choice and it's, it's sort of stronger than I am, you know? Uh, sometimes yes. I feel that I am like when I'm staying with the rhythm and then I do something and I realized I, that was like part of the melody and it just sort of took over. I, I but isn't that kind of like um, the difference between like you're consciously making a choice versus like unconsciously or subconsciously making a choice? Like earlier today, I took a class with Jordan. Actually, I'm sure most of you guys know Jordan on like automated drawing, and it's like you're you don't really try to think about what figure you mm -hmm. want to draw at the end of the day. You just go ahead and go with it. And kind of listening to music sometimes, or even dancing. Choices, I think, are still being made, even if they're not necessarily deliberate and like at that conscious level. And if you can follow that, you're still making a choice. Yeah, but I was. Yeah, no, I. Agree. I was listening to a very I interesting agree. interview with uh, with Steve Martin and Jerry Seinfeld uh, on the New Yorker 
radio hour because they just had the comedy festival here. And it was, they were talking about how they, you know, they come up with ideas for bits and then they go out on stage and then they try them. And in Jim Gaffigan had a, an, another, I mean, stand-up comedians talk about this all the time. Like you have an idea, you try it, you see how the audience reacts, you try it again, you change mm-hmm. it, you figure it out. So for, I feel like I've always loved stand-up comics because I feel like they're, they're always, how do I say this? They're trying to connect with human beings in a way that um, diffuses conflict so that they can make a point that maybe the audience won't agree with, but will 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 accept because it's funny. They've they've tricked people in a way. It's like it, it, it's it's very interesting. But the point is, is like you can only have that experience live. You can't you can't practice being a stand-up comic in your bedroom and then go out on stage and then do it because you don't know how it's going to be received. So you're always um, you're always in the moment creating how you adjust how do you make the material attainable to your audience similar to our uh, dancers and um yeah it was interesting because they were talking about how you know until they got to a place where they were like in a restful mindset they were not able to um create in a way that was honest that was completely honest and it was always react reacting to the audience um but i think that's what i mean like when i'm listening to carol and i don't want to speak on your behalf carol but like what i'm hearing is like even with some of your other comments about how you felt like you were doing what maybe somebody would lead you it's kind of as if as you're listening to this song the many times you're listening to it you're kind of unconsciously maybe trying to dance it with somebody who's maybe not there so it's your mind keeps drifting but I think it's like similar to this uh, comedy situation where like you're trying to connect with something and so it's it's constantly shifting if you're not finding that and I again I'm not trying to speak on your behalf so I'd love to hear if that's kind of resonating but that's just what I'm hearing as I'm listening to your comments well I don't know it could be but maybe I didn't express myself well but when I said the other time that when I tried to follow it in a more, you know, paying more stricter attention to the, the rhythmical base of it. And then I felt that that was, I felt like I was dancing with someone or it it made me feel that way. I, I, what I meant was that in my body, I, it wasn't in, in, it wasn't a conscious thing. It was, I had this sort of flash like, oh, in my body, that's how it actually feels more when I'm dancing tango. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, it it wasn't like a black and white thing. Yes. I love that. I love that. Because what we are doing, guys, it is what I feel that we're doing. It is simple dancing and trying and feeling as well different sensations and as well be conscious that there is switch. And I like what you brought, Audrey, about it. That any, even though that we think that you make a, we don't make a decision, we make a decision. And the point is, okay, if I, if I'm realizing that in that moment that I made a decision, just validate that. Yes, <laughs> and, yeah. And 
It's just validate and say, okay, well, I was dancing, for instance, in my case, right? I was dancing the piano. But then I felt that my heart and my mind wanted to move to, my, to the guitar. And then I decided when and how. I didn't neg- mm-hmm. I didn't deny, I didn't change my mind, I didn't question it. I just decided when and how because this is what I felt like. <laughs> that, is exactly. the, that is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I also feel like through an exercise like this, like because we are figuring out what our inclinations are and then what is more a second nature and not a the first nature of what we would do, I find like we're allowing ourselves to open a door in our brain. So like Audrey, you mentioned like drawing, automatic drawing. If Mm -hmm. you're only drawing curved lines all the time when you're automatic drawing, but then you make intentional moments to add straight lines, you're getting away from automatic drawing because now you've added a conscious moment to add this but the more you do that then you get to a level where you do that subconsciously as well it just becomes part of your vocabulary now Mm -hmm. you have curve and straight lines and I think that's the thing about learning and expanding your dance is that you're not sticking in what naturally appeals to you but you can expand your dance by uh, teaching yourself to feel comfortable in other things that were not second nature to you. Does that make sense? And then yeah. they become second nature. And then like you're a more diverse dancer or an artist because you have, you get, you just got more tools. Uh, a worker or a speaker with. or businessman or, or whatever you Anything. want to, to, to. Yeah. Well, that Anything. was what I was trying to say about the and, comedian angle, but I, I think I lost my point. Yeah. But it was like, you, you, you go on stage every night and you, you're, you're trying, you have an idea of what you want to do, but you don't really know what it means until you have a, a, a reaction. Like I draw a picture, I doodle, I do this thing. It's, it's unconscious, but, but until you can um, experience it and understand what's happening and be aware of how it's being received, it's just one-sided. It's just you doing something on a piece of paper or, or speaking in front of a, a mirror. Um, but to, to, to cultivate something that, that is going to, I think like if we really want to create something that has value to us, it needs to have value to other people as well. It needs mm-hmm. to represent what we feel in another way besides the most tangible, the words, thoughts, things like this. So it's very interesting, like... Sorry, Adam, can you repeat that? I just yeah, I want to make sure I understood that. Yeah, me too. That You said that if, if in order for it to have value to us, it also has to have value to other people. Is that what you said? I think that we, we tend to identify with, if, with things that we create is it, it, in how they are, are valued by other people. Yeah. You know, like otherwise, why, why, why aren't we all just like? I have, I have an example. Sorry. Let's see. If, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I think I have an example. Please continue. What you were saying. I'm, I'm just saying that it's one thing to to do something. How do I want to say this? Like, 
we could all sit and and doodle or write or sing or dance alone all the time and and imagine we are the the you know we feel great and we love it it's it's amazing but but what really touches us as creators is how it affects other people no or the reaction you get or how much it uh, how Aren't we all trying to say something with what we're doing? Isn't this a voice we 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 we're, we're embodying? I'm just going back to the comedy aspect because I I feel like yes, but the value of what you say doesn't change because other people perceive it some other way, right? Well, no, what I'm yes. saying is that as an individual, as an artist. We're choosing these, or not choosing, but they're choosing us necessarily. Um, we're trying to talk to other people. Yeah. We're trying to use this as a voice. Well, yeah. art, art is a form of expression. Right. So art. if 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 I so. say something through my dance that connects to other people, I feel validated with with what I'm doing. I feel like I am. It's not, and I'm not saying I'm I'm only doing it to speak to other people or that I would never do it on my own. I'm saying that there's a, there's an interesting balance between the two. And, um, and, yes. and I, I just, yeah, I, I, I keep going back to comedians because I feel like I, 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 I value a lot. I, I feel like comedians are modern day satirists and philosophers or not even modern day, like since forever. And, and I'm friends with several comedians, and I feel like they have a way of, of of making a point that is very valid and very serious. And and I feel like Marcelo is in, to me like there's certain people like I'm a goofball. Like I'll say I'll come out and I'll say stupid, crazy shit, and and a lot of people will be like, oh, Adam, he's just a silly goofball. And then other people will hear me say silly, goofy shit, and then in the next moment say like really serious, deep shit, and just be like yeah that's that's how humans are like they go from one to the other but they bounce back and forth and and you can't just be all or, or nothing and i find like my friends who are comedians like they have a very interesting way of of saying things that make you laugh but also make you think and um mm -hmm. they're trying in their way to connect to as many people as possible through this art form but it's 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 um it's through words. So like we're all dancers or, or musicians or whoever we are. We, we, we do it through other ways. Um, so I, I guess I'm just going back to the point, like we could all do our own art form and, and our own, in our own little rooms and be like little Van Goghs. But, but until like we can touch people and again, be touched back and see how it's being received. Um, it's, 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 it's a different, um, experience for us like i share i think that i have a... yes no sorry please did you finish no, i was just gonna say like i'm sharing this most intimate form of communication that i have in my way or whatever with you and if you receive it and and it touches you and then you let you know you you let me know <laughs> that 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 that's great. That's beautiful for me to know and you to experience. And um, it just it goes beyond just yes. like oh, I'm just gonna doodle and uh, or like I don't mean to call it doodling because that's that's the starting point of all of this creation. So it's very important. Um, anyway, 
that's and it is also doodling <laughs> so you can call it it that. is doodling but yeah. so it's always so like going exactly. to the practica and just standing you know dancing in the corner with your partner and just figuring things out yeah it's doodling you know i can tell i i think that i understand what i'm saying and i will try to give an example in dancing you know that the moment that you dance with somebody and this person feels like wow this is the music we hear the same music and we feel that we are dancing like reading our minds you know this sensation guys the, all of us we felt that that we dance with this person and and something that sharon is saying in the message and i love that is to be seen it's like wow i see you and you see me through the dance because we are hearing the same now that we know that and and then when we go to another person and we feel that oh I don't feel that he's listening what I'm listening or maybe he's listening something I don't understand or she's listening something I don't understand. What I feel is like when we do an effort to be in here as well, take our mind in a, in a concept of what this person is listening, validate that listening and, 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 and try to, to match and knowing that it's not my type of listening as well. We are doing an effort to, to compel the other person be seen and maybe, maybe we can hear that music too, just by intention. And then we can have more and more conversation with different kind of people that hear different kind of things. And all of us, we can feel seen. That is what I think that Adam is saying. And yeah. that is the final. And I also feel like you don't have to see exactly what the other person is saying and expressing. Like, I think that's what's so unique about art that that it inspires something in the other person and it creates a reaction. Uh, like when you look at a painting or read a poetry, like you don't necessarily have to, or you may not be able to know exactly what the artist wanted to say. It's your interpretation of what the other person is expressing. And I think that's like, I don't know. I find that creates more freedom as the person who's expressing. Does that make sense to you guys? Yes, yes. That I, I don't need to... Many, many visual artists don't expect you to understand what they did. They're, what they're looking for is your interpretation of what they... And your reaction and your response, yeah. and that, that goes back to Adam, like... Uh, and, and, it's a different feeling when no one else is seeing it or reacting to it, uh, because then it's it's just within you and it's not shared the same way. And then come the masterpieces, these masterpieces that make us feel all of us something in that piece, whatever kind of here or these artists that we dance that we see dancing and touch all of us because that person goes to melody, to rhythmic, to more staccato. So this person, these artists or that masterpieces are the ones that can create a union between all of us and make us feel seen. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Now it's for good time to finish. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all need to dance to this song at the end, Adam. You have to play will, the whole I thing. Will, it's I driving will. me nuts. Thank you guys so much for playing with me. appreciate that your Thanks. your input. Thank you so much. I hope we that you got something. Playing with you. Yes, we did. Thank you. 
Yes, we did. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry if I my 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 thoughts got a little lost towards the end. I I got a little drunk. So um. <laughs> we love you. We love you, Adam. We love you, and we understand. I and I I, I so, so thank you so much, Jimmy, and everybody that is there, Jimmy, Kelly, uh, that you are in the, in the chat, or because all of you make as well part of the show. Thank you for participating. So we will we will close it down. You guys can interpret this rhythmically, melodically. We uh, with the bridge, the second melody, with your feet, however you want to do it. With your, <laughs> um, we'll be back next week. Do we have a guest yet, Chico? Yes, we do have uh, Danny Carpi. No, did he? Come he didn't first? confirm yet, but I, we'll see. Oh, it's a... <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we're running out of guests. We're running we're running out of weeks. We need well, COVID I know to end. We have Mauro <laughs> in two weeks. Oh, Mauro! Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Thank you, everybody, and uh, thank you, thank you, Carol, thank you, Audrey, thank you, Puja, thank you, Marcelo, thank you, Chico. Thank you all, and thanks for now. staying on so long, Puja. Yes, guys. Absolutely. It was <laughs> great chatting it. with you all. <laughs> and, and Thank you, guys. Sure Thank I'll, you so much. I'm sure I'll talk to everyone soon. I'm going to say good night before the music turns on. Good night. Good night. Turn it up. Could it be louder? I was gonna clean my room until I got nope. high. <laughs> okay. I was gonna get There's up my volume. But then I got high. Hopefully, uh, Podbean will give me the opportunity to turn the volume up later. It's cool when I turn on my volume. Oh, there's an idea. I'm taking it next semester, and I know why. Because I got high. Because I got high. I got high. I was going to go to court. Before I got high, uh, I was gonna pay my child support, but then I got high. No, you oh, oh. They took my whole paycheck, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, hey, cause I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I wasn't gonna run from the cops, but I was high. I'm serious, man. I was gonna pull right over and stop. But I was high. Uh, <laughs> now I'm a paraplegic, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I was going to make love to you, but then I got high. I'm serious. I was going to eat your too, but then I got high. I think he said pussy. Now I'm I messed up my intern.
entire life because I got high. I lost my kids and wife because I got high. Now I'm sleeping on the sidewalk and I know why. Stop singing this song because I'm high. I'm singing this whole thing wrong because I'm high. And if I don't sell one copy, I don't know why. Why, Because I'm high. Because I'm high. Because I'm high. Are you really high, man? 